Welcome to the Philosopher, Monk, and Mystic Podcast, where we reflect on wisdom for modern life from ancient philosophy and spiritual traditions. Each episode is based on timeless principles and practices designed to help you live your highest good. To learn more, visit perennialleader.com. On today's episode, we're sharing a portion of the conversation we had on In Search of Wisdom with Professor Massimo Pigliucci on Finding Peace. I hope you enjoy. I, I wanted to touch on anger, which you, you talked about earlier. Not a, not a good thing and, and a cause of a, a lot of problems. But I wanted to also um, talk a little bit about forgiveness. I, I really wanted to get your thoughts on you don't hear the word forgiveness a lot, maybe in Stoicism, but I wanted to kind of see your thoughts. And I, I have a quick example um, that talks about some of, I guess it provides a, a bit of an example of some of the things we've talked about around death of, of loved ones. There's a Netflix documentary, the, the Story of God by Morgan Freeman, and it has an episode on forgiveness and mercy. And it tells, of course, story. with Morgan Freeman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> best voice in the business um, yep. the uh but it tells this story of a father who loses his son his son is is robbed and murdered by someone and it shows footage of this father in the courtroom um and he's he's telling the young man that murdered his father he said i i don't blame you i'm not angry with you at all i feel so sad for you that you have to be in this situation the father and the young man ended up hugging one another in the courtroom for, for many minutes. And, and the father whispers to him, I've forgiven you. You have a brand new chapter in life. Make yourself change and become a good person. It connects with me of, of that, you know, Socrates quote of, of no one does, does wrong knowingly. It, it's simply a lack of wisdom. And it um, the forgiveness and mercy happened to be part of, of this father's philosophy of life. He had a, a theological philosophy of life. Um, but it also connects with me of a Marcus Aurelius quote that I like of the fruit of this life is good character and acts for the common good. How do you see it? It seems like forgiveness, um, you know, to me, full disclosure, it seems like a, an important piece of, of anger, of I guess that act for the common good, um, it, it seemed to do a lot for it, for that young man, not just the father, but the, you know, right. the family and et cetera. What are your thoughts? there? Right. So the Stoic, the Stoics have an interesting uh, take on both anger and forgiveness. Uh, Stoicism is a very other and self-forgiving philosophy. For the Stoics, uh, just like for Socrates, as you pointed out, nobody does evil on purpose. Uh, meaning not that they don't know what they're doing. Of course, they, people know what they're doing, uh, but they don't realize, they don't understand that what they're doing is wrong. Right? They might understand that other people think it's wrong, but they think that they have uh, good reasons to do it or good motivations to do it. So Epictetus, for instance, says that every, you know, when people do something bad, they, we should think of them as if they were blind. Mm. So they're affected by a condition they don't see clearly. Now, what, what, what are you going to do 
if you encounter a blind man who is stumbling in, you know, in, 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 on the sidewalk and, and possibly hurting other people, what you're trying to do is to help. First of all, to make sure that he doesn't hurt other people. Second of all, if possible, to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. And even better, if possible, to help him out, to sort of try to, try to cure him of, of, of his blindness. But you're certainly not going to kill him or hate him or, or, or start you know, ranting against, against the fact that he's a blind man. Well, that's because we see the physical problem. We see the blindness. And, and so we understand immediately that, well, that's not his fault. Uh, it's, you know, the guy is, in a, is to be pitied, if anything, because he doesn't, you know, he would, he would want to be able to see, and therefore he just needs to be helped. We don't see quite as easily the uh, spiritual blindness, if you will, of people who do bad things, but it's there nevertheless, at least according to the Stoic and Socratic way of looking at things. And so that engenders a, a, an attitude of forgiveness, first of all, and of uh, pity, but pity in the sense of I'm going to try to be helpful to this person, which incidentally doesn't mean that the Stoics are okay, you know, with injustice and suffering. If you can stop someone from from uh, committing an injustice or perpetrating, you know, suffering, you should, you ought to do it. In fact, Marcus Eurydice repeats to himself several times, you know, if you see something that you can do, you can act on, you should do it. But you should do it while at the same time remembering that the person who is doing the bad thing is actually himself a victim in a sense of circumstances. It's a victim of, of the way the world works, uh, and it needs to be understood and pitied, uh, not, not hated. Which brings me to anger. The Stoics are often portrayed as uh, being in the business of suppressing emotions, which they're not. For one thing, because it's impossible to suppress emotions. Uh, so that would be a kind of a lost cause in the first, in the first uh, instance. But also because that's really not what they're saying. What, they're, what they do is they, they divide emotions into two broad categories, unhealthy emotions and healthy emotions. Again, by analogy with the human body. Right? So there are some things, for instance, let's say some foods that are good for the human body for the human organism, they're, they're, they're nutritious, you know, they, uh, they taste good and all that. And then there are other foods that are not good. They're actually unhealthy, right? They're not nutritious. They're a waste of, you know, uh, calories. They cause you uh, high cholesterol and, and diabetes, you know, and that sort of stuff. Similarly, according to the Stoics, there are emotions that are good for you and emotions that are not good for you. Emotions that are good for you include love, uh, joy, and a sense of justice. They, they think of a sense of justice as a kind of emotion, emotional response. Uh, the emotions that are not good for you include anger, hatred, fear, and things like that. And I, by, by experience now, I know that whenever I say that anger is not good for you, people get really angry. Uh, because, you know, the, 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 there seems to be out there like this, this notion that anger is, in fact, good, at least in some, in, in some degree. That notion is an Aristotelian notion. Aristotle did say that small amounts of anger are good. Why? Because they motivate you to act in certain, in certain positive ways. But Seneca responds to Aristotle directly in his book called On Anger. And he says that Aristotle writes that, you know, uh, you want your army, for instance, to be a little, your soldiers, to be a little angry because they're going to fight. They're going to be more willing to fight. 
And Seneca says, well, that may be true, uh, but it's also true that getting your soldiers a little drunk will make them more willing to fight. That doesn't mean it's a good idea to have a drunken army, right? Um, and so the general idea that Seneca puts forth is that we should not be needing anger in order to do the right thing. If you need anger in order to act justly, you are using a crutch. And a, a good human being should not need that crutch. You should do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, period. You should try, you should uh, uh, you know, help other people because that's the right thing to do because that is what humanity is about, uh, you know, what a human being is supposed to be doing. Uh, if you do it on the basis of anger, sure, that might help you in the short run. But the problem with that is that now you're acting on the basis of a strong, unhealthy emotion which may override your ability to reason correctly. And therefore, even if your anger is justified, you might end up doing something bad as a result. Or, or you might end up acting in a way that is disproportionate, for instance, uh, to what the occasion calls, or, or acting in ways that are actually not conducive to what your well-intentioned goal actually is. And let me give you an example of this in modern times. Turns out that Nelson Mandela... Uh, went through a major transformation during his period in prison. At some point, he was understandably, of course, very angry and, and, and uh, very hateful uh, in the, with respect to the people who were oppressing uh, you know, his own people and, and where his, his jailers and so on and so forth. That, that's totally understandable. I mean, who wouldn't be angry uh, and full of hate if you'd spent 27 years in prison and your, and your, uh, your people were oppressed? However, at some point... One of Nelson Mandela's uh, fellow inmates managed to smuggle into the prison a copy of Marcus Aurelius' Meditations. And Mandela read it very carefully several times. And he credits Marcus Aurelius to help him go through this very crucial transformation, to, un to help him understand that hatred and anger are not are destructive, they're not conducive to anything good. That was a pivotal moment in Mandela's life where he decided to look at even at his jailers and his tormentors as other human beings who were doing what they thought was right. Um, and so to look basically at other people like Epictetus says that we should. Yes, they're blind, but they're still people. They're still trying. They're, they have their family. They have their friends. They have their own things. And they're still trying what they think is true. It's good. It's not good, definitely, but they don't understand it. And so the way to, to deal with the situation is to let go of the anger and instead to actively, mindfully develop an attitude of cooperation and reaching out. And that is what informed Mandela's behavior from that point on. And as we know, it was very successful. Not only eventually got out of prison and the apartheid regime collapsed, but even after that, when he became president of South Africa, he kept going in the same direction. He was under significant pressure, for instance, uh, by other members of the African National uh, Congress to, you know, engage in acts of vengeance and, you know, and retribution against the previous oppressors. And he always resisted those. He said, no, those are, those are fellow human beings and we need to treat them accordingly. Uh, we need to overcome this, this uh, cycle of hatred and, and, and fear. And that's, that's pretty much exactly the stoic position. If you're interested in hearing the full conversation with Massimo, you can go to episode 35 of In Search of Wisdom at perennialleader.com 
or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, be wise and be well.